Wouldn't it be nice if money just grew on trees and none of us had any debt? Hello, listeners. It's time for another episode of Easier with a Friend. We are friends who actually enjoy discussing our finances and anything we've learned with each other. Once again, this is Chi, and this is Elaine. And our episode today focuses on ways we have found or practiced to get out of debt quickly. Yes. So I wouldn't say debt is a fun topic, but Chi and I usually still really enjoy discussing finances and sharing insight. So getting right into it, Chi, tell us a little bit about your personal experience with debt. Yes. Well, let me start with this. Elaine and I have been friends since high school, and we were roommates in college. And we have been through a journey together when it comes to finances and debt, because I think back in college, we really lean on each other, both, of course, as roommates and friends, but also financially to not starve. <laughs> I mean, we have stories about things like how can you stretch the, was it Popeye's or churches? I don't remember. It was Popeye's on Tuesday. They used to have a, I remember it was like an eight piece box in college for something like $4.99. Yeah. And of course we couldn't eat eight pieces of chicken all in one go, but we would buy it and it would be basically two meals for each of us, which at the time was like the cheapest way for us to get protein because otherwise it was a lot of vegetables and carbs. <laughs> yes. So we have really, I think, out of all the friends in our group, have been through this financial journey together from the very beginning, the infancy of us learning about finances. And I think that's part of the reason why we're so comfortable now talking about finances and we're very comfortable being honest with each other and helping each other. But the things that I've learned, and Elaine can attest to this, is that I've learned a lot of these the hard way because it's through experience. And one of the best tip I can give you about getting out of debt is that you must, you must hate your debt more than any material thing, more than anything. You must hate your debt. There needs to be a commitment there. It needs to come from a, a place of wanting to get rid of this debt. and. It's a journey that requires you to have the right state of mind. And that state of mind kind of has to start with you hating your debt. So after college and graduate school, I amounted a very large amount of debt because my parents as immigrants did not have enough time and extra money to save for my college education. Also being the third born child in the family <laughs> makes it a little bit more difficult for me to have had any kind of savings to prepare me or to help pay for my college. So mm -hmm. basically 100% of my college education and graduate school education was funded by student loans. And mm -hmm. so by the time I graduate and, and you know, I also took a lot longer <laughs> to finish my undergraduate <laughs> than I should have, but that's a whole other episode as to why. 
So trick number one, listeners, if you're going to college, graduate as fast as humanly possible to take on as little debt as you can. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. But yes, so I had about 125K in student loans by the time I finished. Yep. And on top of it being a very large sum, especially for a new grad. And actually, when I graduated, I didn't have a job offering waiting for me. So it was very scary. The interest rate at the time on my student loan was just insane. I remember my husband and I, we bought a foreclosure and we were paying more per month in the student loan than we did on our mortgage. And that's just my student loan. He had his own student loan, but the student loan payment were insane. And after I graduated and started paying on my student loan, after a whole year of paying my student loan, I came out with more debts. My amount that I owe were actually bigger than when I first graduated because the interest rate was just so insane. So I tell that story to let you know that I know how it feels to be weighted down by debts and how scary it is and how stressful it is. And I can tell you, standing on this side, spoiler alert, I paid off my student loan. Standing <laughs> on this side of it, how it really does de-stress you to be able to pay off that student or to pay off your debt, to be consumer debt-free and student loan debt-free. So the first advice I give, really hate your debt and to make that a priority in wanting to pay it off. And so I had to get into the right state of mind. And this is something I still do is that whenever I'm sitting down to do my finances or to plan my budget or to do anything relating to my finances, Mm -hmm. I really try to get into that mindset. And it can be simple things like listening to Dave Ramsey's in the background, right? And Mm -hmm. hearing other people's good and bad experiences with debt, talking to Elaine about finances and asking for tips and things that you're doing to offset inflation or whatever it is, that's the topic of the moment. We recently just had a chat about, are we worried about inflation and what are we doing? Exactly, yes. And so really to get myself into that mindset by talking about it, by listening to other people talk about it and really getting that focus before I sit down and make those decisions. Yeah, I absolutely, this whole mindset thing, I 100% agree with because I think the other way to think about it, not just about hating your debt and hating being in debt, but just you need to want to be stress-free from that more than you want that car, that book, that whatever it is, piece of jewelry, that new clothing, the hairdryer, whatever it is that you're looking to spend that money on, you have to hate the stress that the debt brings, the credit card bills and watching the debt pile up and possibly for some of our listeners getting calls from collection agencies. You have to hate that and the stress it puts on you more than you want to go and buy this other item. Right. And yeah. my personal experience with that, when I went through college, like she said, we really leaned on each other. I just made the scholarship and whatever cash I had on hand stretch. And after college, after we graduated, I went through a period with my family, actually, because they started getting into financial trouble. 
And my college days really prepared me, honestly, after I graduated to save money when I had my job. So I guess, thank God, she and I went through this period in college where we really learned to pinch a penny because I really had to make several large loans to my parents when they were going through financial troubles, none of which I got back because their business (laughs) failed. (laughs) And in reality, I learned a lot more going through that whole period with them. And it was years. I mean, literally, it was like six, seven years. I learned so much though about managing debt during that time and knowledge that I probably wouldn't go back and trade because I think everything that you go through, there is a reason behind it. But I've gotten much better even these days at managing finances and really learning to get the most out of a dollar. And I credit all of those experiences with that. And at the same time, I had taken out a loan for, I think, about $40,000 to buy a flower shop. I decided I was going to start my own flower shop, be an entrepreneur. And the flower shop, I mean, basically just broke even the two years that I owned it. And I really decided that hey, this wasn't going to work. So when I sold my shop, then it was just all of that accumulated debt, right? I still had to pay back the money that I used to buy it originally. And I still had to kind of wrap up my parents' finances. But I am happy to say that we've gotten through all of that. (laughs) And so it's just a lot. It's getting out of debt is a journey. And kind of like she said, we want you guys to know we understand what it is to be burdened by a massive amount of debt. Because I would say total debt, we were looking at somewhere in the 125,000, 150,000 range. And so I get it, listeners. It's it's a lot. And like she said, you really just got to put one foot in front of the other. And you just got to focus on the fact that one of these days, you are going to get out of this if you focus on it. Right? So she, what are some skills that you've picked up along the way I know, obviously, we talked about state of mind, uh, a few other things that you'd like to share. Yeah, so just along that line of having the right state of mind, I think it's also important to surround yourself with supportive people who either are sympathetic and understand your journey or isn't going to judge your suddenly very restrictive lifestyle, right? Because you're going to have to make some lifestyle changes. And I think of course, having a friend like I have in Elaine who understands the journey or understands what I'm trying to do really is helpful. But also in today's modern society, we have lots of social media and groups such as a local no-buy group. And essentially what they do is they make a commitment to try to, whether it be trade or borrow, almost everything they need. So let's say if they are needing a power tool to do a project to fix something in their house, instead of going to the home improvement store to buy a brand new drill that you may only need for that one particular project, they will ask to see if they can borrow or loan for a one-time use from somebody on this no-buy group. And I think it's such a terrific idea because In a society where consumerism is so easy and so encouraged by all the advertising out there, 
it's great that there are just groups of people who are trying to control that urge or that whatever it is need to buy something. And I think that that's very, very helpful, right? If you don't have to buy something, that's money you didn't have to spend and that money then you can invest or put toward paying debts. So I think that's one of the big ones that you can try. The other one that my husband and I tried in the very beginning, because again, I had a lot of student loan and so did he, was the cash only budgeting method. Mm-hmm. And it's just as it sounds, you basically cut up your credit card, put it away, whatever it is you need to do to get rid of it, take it out of your wallet so that it's not readily available. Because if you leave it in your wallet, it will be the easier, simpler option to use. And instead, Every week, we would then pull out the amount of cash we had allocated for that week. We would put it in envelopes, which were labeled for groceries, for dining out, for whatever it is, paying bills, whatever it is that we needed for that week. And we broke it down to a weekly thing because I felt like it was a little bit easier to manage or at least easier to keep on track. If it's just one week at a time, you can kind of write yourself real quick if you're starting to go off track, right? But everything we spent, we would have to remember to bring our envelope with us so that we could take that cash and use it. And whatever change people gave us, we would put back into the envelope and seal it up for the next trip we needed to go for that week. And my husband, I've mentioned before, isn't a financial guru. He isn't terrific at keeping track of the finances or budgeting, but the cash only method was the thing that he really, really was able to wrap his brain around and fully participated in. And if you ask him, that's the one thing he will recommend for anyone who struggles with having that self-control or just struggle with budgeting in general. That was something that really was useful for him. And of all the different budgeting method I have tried, the cash only method was the most successful for us. And so Mm -hmm. I think if you're starting out, try that method. And I know that's really hard. Going cold turkey from your credit card is really hard because think about it. You're going to go pump gas and now you actually have to go into the store to pay for it. And I know as a woman, that is not something we always feel comfortable with. It takes a little bit of planning ahead, but if you are able to stick to it, It is the most successful method that my husband and I have tried, and it really does keep you on budget. And I totally agree with that. So the thought process behind it is when you swipe a piece of plastic, you don't think about the money that's coming out of your account. It's not visible to you. So for some people, you really have to see the money in your hand and see it disappearing. If you say, I'm allocating $100 for this week, and you go buy lunch or you go pay for gas. And then now all of a sudden you have $40 left in that envelope. You might be like, oh, I really have to scale it back for the rest of the week. Let me think about how this dollar can stretch. And it's just a form of training. We're not saying you have to use it forever. I didn't use it for very long, but it's like she said, it's very helpful. And it was helpful for me to just visualize my finances. And then I got better at spending the credit card, right? I got better at really thinking about the dollar and really thinking about, hey, this is coming out of my account. But I trained myself to get there by starting with the cash method. Exactly. And I'm really focusing on things that you could do right now to jumpstart 
paying off your debt. But I think Elaine will kind of lead us into things that you can keep doing to maintain that. But I want to focus on that initial momentum, which I think can be so difficult. But sometimes taking that first step feels like that's 50% of the challenge already in paying off your debt. It's just making that commitment and taking that first step. So another thing you could do to really jumpstart this is, and this is, again, something that I have personally tried, is that I started decluttering my house partly because I was interested in becoming a minimalist. But at the same time, I was able to sell off just what I consider to be random things in my house that I wasn't using anyways. And then taking that money to pay off debt. You will be surprised about how much cash is sitting around in your house, cluttering up your house in terms of like random things. We had an office desk that well, at one point we thought would fit our decor and then we moved and it never worked. And so we sold it. And I think I had made a list at one point just to kind of keep track. And I ended up being able to make right under $3,000. Wow. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. So a couple of the things that I really want to go through, and it's like she said, these are sort of, once you kind of get that initial momentum and you're like, oh yes, I'm doing this. What can I continue to do? Or what can I add on to really get my debt down? And one of my personal favorite methods, and this I used actually because I'd racked up a lot of credit card debt too. So I really prefer what they call the avalanche or the waterfall or the snowball method for paying off your credit cards. You might've heard these terms somewhere and just never dug into what it meant. And it's really simple as a concept. Almost everyone I know, and now that I work in real estate, I counsel a lot of first-time buyer families who need to pay down debt as well to get to purchase a home. And every single one of them that I've ever asked, they do this form of debt payment where they have, let's say, five credit cards and the minimum on them all is $25 a month. Well, they'll go through and pay... 50 bucks on each of those a month, feeling like, well, I'm paying more than the minimum. So I'm contributing towards getting that down. And I understand why as a human that psychologically seems like it would work, but because of the high interest rate on your credit cards, you're really just taking like one step forward, two steps back, right? The way to do it is, and I'll tell you what the standard theory is and what I did, but the standard theory is basically you just pay the minimum on every single one of those cards, except for the one that has the highest interest rate, right? So let's say you have five, again, let's just say you have five credit cards. You pick the one with the highest interest rate. And let's say normally you pay 50, 50, 50 per card. Well, now if you only pay 25 on each of those cards, you should be able to take that extra 25 that you've been paying towards all of these cards this month and pay, say, 150 towards that more expensive card, right? Or even 250, whatever it is that you've been paying extra on all these extra credit cards. Pay the minimum and throw the money towards the biggest card. And it doesn't, it sounds almost counterintuitive, but I promise you it works because now you're getting significant momentum towards that one card. And once you pay that down to zero, hey, now that card is no longer accumulating interest. You no longer have to make any payments towards it. And you can take all the money towards that and apply it towards card number two. It is 
the fastest way to pay down any credit card debt that you have. The way that I personally did it was that I had cards with larger and smaller balances. And in reality, they were all kind of around the same interest rate anyway. So what I did was I paid off the card with the smallest balance first, because I think at the time I had a credit card that had only like 500 bucks on it. And I was like, wow, if I pay this one off you know, this month, then now this one's not accumulating any interest and I can keep moving up the ladder. So that's the way I did it. I started with the smallest debt so I could pay it down to zero as fast as possible. And I moved on to the next card, paid that down to zero and so on and so forth. And that really worked for me personally. And in conjunction with that, and this is one of my personal favorite, actually saving methods. And it's like she said, in this era of crazy consumerism, this will really, I think, help you learn to scale back. It's called the 24-hour method. As in, let's say you're online, you see this cute whatever thing that Facebook has advertised to you. Oh my God, I want it. Well, you're required to wait 24 hours before you can buy it, right? And if by the 24-hour period, you're still thinking about that thing, you're still like, oh my God, I want it so much, then you can allow yourself to go back and buy it. Should it fit the budget, whatever. But what you'll surprisingly find is that in that 24-hour period, after you go, okay, I'm going to leave it, I'm going to come back in a day to buy it, you won't have thought about that item at all. Because it was just the heat of the moment, the advertising, the marketing, it wasn't an item you really needed, right? And you can really not buy a bunch of stuff that way. And once you start practicing it, it's like any muscle. It's like, if you wanted to get fit, you have to start and then you work your way up and your muscle gets stronger, right? This is the same thing. It's a willpower practice. And these days, I'll wait a week or two <laughs> before I'll buy something. I'll go, well, if I'm thinking about it in a week, then uh, maybe I'll come back and get it. And generally, again, you'll find, and this has saved me I, thousands of dollars. <laughs> you will not be thinking about it after this time and you will not need to go back and buy it. So I 100% agree with this waiting to buy 24 hours, 48 hours, one week, whatever it is. I 100% agree with this. And this is something that as a parent, I really try to help my girls understand. And a lot of people are surprised as to why my kids, this is in a very non-judgmental parent kind of way, that my kids don't have issues with going to Target with me or going to a store with me, toy section, whatever, and not throw a hissy fit if we don't buy something. It's because since they were young, we have practiced, especially to model it for them, the way we do 48 hours in our family. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, and I would have to say for them, it's been all of the time they forget about it. And so <laughs> we really, kids. <laughs> yeah, and so I have never had to say, no, we can't buy that. I've always said, let's wait and think about it. And so it makes them feel like, oh, okay, mom's not really saying no. She's just saying, I have to wait and think about it. And then because they're so young, they forgot about it. And I think this point in particular really relates to the fact that if you want to pay off debt, you have to decrease your spending. You have to find money in your budget somewhere so that you can have extra money to start paying down your debt. And 
Of course, if you are able to have a side gig or a side hustle that can earn you extra money, that's really going to help paying down your debts. But my philosophy in terms of budgeting and finances is that the money you save is just as important, if not more, than the money you earn. And so it really starts for me with saving money and then using that money to pay down debt. And you have to decrease your spending if you are serious about paying down debt, because on top of having extra money to pay down debt, you need to not accumulate more debt while you're trying to pay down your debt. Absolutely. And I, again, so many comparable things in life, right? I'm just going to say kind of like the fitness people always say, hey, you cannot outrun a bad diet. You cannot out earn bad spending. Yes. Right. So we're going to leave you with that today. That's a wrap for today's episode of Easier with a Friend. Again, we appreciate all of you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode and maybe reach out to a friend to share anything you may have learned. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on Facebook, Spotify, or Apple Music so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend, on our Facebook page, Easier with a Friend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com. Check out our website, easierwithafriend.com for today's transcript.